Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. This podcast is brought to you by Capture One Pro 10. As a leader in tethered capture, it's the professional's choice for image editing. See the difference that Capture One 10 can make in your existing raw images by downloading a free 30-day trial at CaptureOne.com. In episode five, we're sitting down with Chris Garrison. Uh, last second edition <laughs> uh, set up by our uh, business development manager, Sin Trong. Actually texted us two hours ago. and was like, hey, you got to get, get Chris in. And I was like, yes. So, Chris, Welcome, we actually Chris. met in uh, Cologne a couple months ago. And here we are in Vegas doing a podcast. So yeah. it's funny how that works. I've been chasing each other around the world, I guess. What was it? Cologne, New York, and now we're yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> we're traveling in the same circles for yeah. some reason. So let tell our audience who you are and what you do, because some might not know you. Okay. And they um, should. It's always a hard explanation of what I do because it's such a big mix. Um, I guess the best way to break it down is I started with action sports. So... Wakeboarding, snowboarding was kind of my backbone. Um, came from snowboarding, started shooting wakeboarding. Got the first client of like Red Bull was my first real client, basically. So obviously it was a big staple in action sports. And then over the last like three to four years, it's been moving into the commercial industry. So now I shoot photos for car companies, boat companies, really random stuff like liquor stores, like a whole mix of everything. So Liquor it, stores? Yeah, like ABC Liquors, you know, do their ad campaigns in that Orlando. Yeah, that, and it's, you know, doing other really crazy off-the-wall stuff like SeaWorld. You know, did SeaWorld about three months ago, basically, which what is... What kind of stuff did you shoot for now? So I shot a sea line, right basically, on. so the Clyde and Seymour, their new show, so I shot the ad campaigns for that, the new roller coaster. So in one day we were shooting lifestyles of sea lions, and then shooting a roller coaster in the same day, like little hour and a half time slot. So. Look how happy he is. You, you <laughs> love what you're doing right now. You're having a great time. Oh, it's great. I mean, you can't complain. I mean, most people, you get locked in shooting action sports, and that's almost what you do. For me, it's, you know, I get to shoot cars, boats, people, planes, animals, you know. How did you get into photography in the first place? How, how did you get into shooting action sports? Uh, so it's kind of got into it as a hobby. I feel like that's almost the cliche, typical story. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Um, so kind of. Breaking it down easy is I lived in Orlando, just, you know, had a valet company up there. I played sports my entire life, uh, washed out of hockey early. So kind of had the business aspect with the valet company, park and brand that I owned and then sold basically. And I was like, I just want to move to the mountains. Like I've never had the opportunity to just do what I want. So I moved out to Colorado, which is Breckenridge, yeah. um, spent two years there always was into photography, like did it in high school, um, may or may not be the guy that had the camera in high school parties that would not stop taking photos a thousand times. <laughs> um, so once I moved out to Colorado, I just shot photos of like, all the guys I met basically and they turned into pro snowboarders and then you know, you start shooting and it turns into like a fun thing and you just travel with each other and you're shooting photos. Yeah, and, they drag you along with you. Yeah, with it's, them. yeah, you travel the world. I mean, you get to fly around, you're not making any money, you're spending every dollar you've had, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And I had that style that had like everything was lit and very landscapey and that was kind of new back then. And I guess when it launched off, it launched off for me really quick. And then honestly, I had to hit a reset button and like during the economic crash that I moved back to Florida basically to help my parents out a little bit. So, Kind of started making it and had to hit the hard reset and move back to Florida. And really? That, yeah, that was the start for wakeboarding for me, which was the initial like big launch of my career. 
um, just kind of coming into that industry and had a you know one one and a half year rise on it, and then two years later, you know, just launched out from there basically. That wipeout must have been a little discouraging. So how'd you handle like all of a sudden your career is taking off and then boom, there's a huge dive in the market and you've got to kind of set back for a set. Yeah, it's it's the dives are the parts that make you you. You know, it's a it's a business. Any business will go up and down. Um, the hardest thing is with any kind of commercial industry, especially action sports, they're very like kind of niching and you start to know all the people and you start building your name, which is essentially your brand. And when you build your name up, you start shooting the bigger people. They start shooting for the brands and the companies and you start being more recognized. And once you move to Florida on your initial launch, there's this, it's not like I was already launched and like doing an amazing job and traveling with all the best guys in the world. It was like getting right there and then having to go to Florida. So I was stuck. So it's kind of like immediate drop off. If I was already launched and like working with all the big brands, I could live in Florida and then travel around like I do now. So moving back, it was basically a hard reset, like going back to bartending at restaurants in the old hometown. Like it was great though. You meet lots of people and it gives you that drive, that push for when you hit the bumps in the road, which is cool. Like it makes me me now. Like you hit slower parts, you hit slower parts of your job basically. And what do you do? Most people get a little depressed or you know, they try to, they try to like, you know, flood themselves marketing and then they get depressed. And for me, those bumps in the roads make me kind of pre-plan for them. You know, it's, it was cool. It made me who I am. So how have you been able to build your relationships with um, a lot of the companies that you work with? It seemed to really propel you to a lot of cool locations. Yeah. The relationships is the biggest part. I mean, that's another cliche thing. Relationships are what get you your jobs. Um, last year is a perfect example of me traveling around doing a lot of agency meetings and I'd meet like 50 agencies in one day. It, se- it seemed like it was probably 20, but it feels like you're doing 50. And then the jobs that you get or the relationships that you build when you go to the bar afterwards and you sit down and you just meet somebody random and you talk to them for an hour and they end up being a marketing guy somewhere yeah. basically. And that's, and then, you know, you keep in contact with them and then you start building that relationship and you end up at the same places at the same time sometimes. And then when they have a job comes up, they just think of you right away. So the relationship side for me, has been the biggest kind of build on my career, especially with action sports, because that's all relationship driven. You know, your name's out there, but people need to know your personality and they need to know they can hang out with you for 10, 20 days at a time. And they also need to know that you can deal with the stress. And that's a long time. Are your jobs typically 20 days? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of what I do in the boat industry. It's, I mean, perfect example coming up. We have a 32 or 38 day long shoot straight where we're in the studio for the first half and then on the water for the second half. And you know, that's the perfect relationship test right there because you are surrounded by each other in high pressure environments with athletes, photographers, video guys, like production managers. It's like you're all crammed into one room, one boat, but half the time. So, and that's where the relationships come into use because if you can get through that, they know they can work with you on any level. So you get that long-term client. Right. That's where you got to be really calm and really collected when you've got that many people around you. Yeah. In I'm not, those close I've, quarters. I've learned the hard way a few times, but I've definitely, uh, yeah. you get the pressure kicks in a little bit, you know, and being an athlete <laughs> sometimes, a times? oh, I've lost it before, but <laughs> I've definitely lost it because art directors show up with no shot list or any ideas. <laughs> like, really? And you're like, you've had one job. It's make a shot list and find location. <laughs> and then, you know, it's it's the pressure that kicks in. You know, day twenty kicks in, the guy shows up no shot list. And you're like, oh my gosh! But you know, that's also the younger stage of your career too. That was three years ago now. So, so how does the 
the budget change from a two-day shoot versus a 30-day shoot? Like, oh. how are you pricing them differently? Or do you price them differently? Yeah, everything's so different nowadays, especially on budget. Like, you'll do a 30-day shoot that could be the same budget as, like, a two-day shoot. Now, like, I've done shoots for golf companies where that budget is, like, through the roof. You can just basically, you know, live off that one shoot for that one year all the way down to where you're doing a 30-day shoot that has the same budget as that one-day shoot. I mean, it is... Because but it's coming of what down I do. to usage. I mean, I, I think our audience needs to really understand that. Yeah. It's the usage of where those images are going to be. Right? Yeah, usage is always a big pricing, and that's the that's kind of the first negotiating point, I guess, is the best way to say it. Um, because, you know, you start, a lot of people try to buy out the usage, and that's your, that's your high price. You know, then in reality, you end up on a three-year usage fee, basically. Um, and that's where you start knocking the price down. But it's because of what I do with action sports to car companies, the boat brands, this like small like one-off shoots like SeaWorld or you know a small little ad campaign for a local company. All the budgets are like up and down, so it's always a really fun thing for me to work with on the budget side. Um, like a shoot I just put a bid in today was for a like hunting brand, and you know we have to go out and do a hog hunt for like four days. A hog, and I'm like, how, how do you I... hunt hawks? <laughs> hogs, bigger like, hogs, yeah, big pigs. Hogs. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, Not I hawk. heard hawks. Yeah. My headphones are broken. Yeah, they are. <laughs> out of your brain. <laughs> Maybe both. It is Vegas. You, are, you know, it's the midday. Though. It's time to wake up. <laughs> um, but it's wild because I'm like, I've never worked in the hunting industry. I have no idea how to price this. And I'm working through an agency and I know what it's like working with agencies. And, you know, you kind of just throw like a number out there that works out well and then hope they come back at you with what they like number wise or Sometimes they just say okay, or sometimes they're like, "Thanks, you didn't get it," you know. So, was your transition from doing uh, action sports with companies like Red Bull into doing the commercial world was that because clients were moving, or did you actively go out and start to pursue that client work? Um, yeah, Red Bull was the biggest, I guess, lead for me into working with the clients because when you do Red Bull, you're doing a lot of the event coverage, like you got Flutog, Air Race, like any of the big events, and you have secondary sponsors there. So their marketing team is there and they're hanging out with you and you're doing the shots to get their branding in. So they start seeing what you do and they know they can work with you. So that kind of helped me get in with some of the commercial industry. But the biggest launch was the boat brand for me because a lot of action sports, snowboarding, you'll have like snowmobiles or snowcats. That's your big commercial side. Wakeboarding, luckily we have boats and these are quarter million dollar boats basically. Seriously? Yeah. That, all those boats For like wakeboarding? Yeah, entry level is like eighty grand. Like entry level boats, super low end is eighty grand. Why are they so expensive? They're I mean, leather interiors, like oh, fourteen inch touch yeah. screens. Yeti coolers. Yeah, they got they have they have Yeti coolers. I like, just made that up. <laughs> they really have Yeti coolers. <laughs> I should be in boat business. So yeah, reverse cameras, they have backup cameras on them now, like side it's they're ridiculous. They're, it's you're driving a Lamborghini on the water basically yeah it's that's crazy. a lot of cash isn't yeah. orlando kind of the birthplace of wakeboarding yeah orlando is the center of everything it's tons of lakes no wind um yeah. got major boat companies there and kind of everyone centers there because with the you know an industry like snowboarding or skateboarding you, you can kind of go do it yourself you can go like ride the mountain you can go to the parking and train with wakeboarding you need a boat driver there's like all the there's things a team involved need. yeah everything yeah. involves like a million people you know you're doing a photo shoot you got three boats in the water three boat drivers like it's a mess oh that must actually be kind of dangerous to have that coordination between the boat if you're yeah. shoot on one boat shooting at another i mean both drivers have to be in sync that that's a real team effort to communicate that stuff. yeah biggest part i mean it's the biggest part of that photo shoot is almost if you have a new driver is training the drivers especially on the boat commercial shoots where you have to shoot the athlete in action, the boat in the background, everything has to be perfect. 
and if you can just picture shooting a car. So shooting a car, you can just drive right next to it and it's all good. You know, maybe some dust gets kicked up or something. With the boats, you can't drive next to it because the wake's spreading out. Right. So you have to do like a, what's considered like a high-speed turn. So you have the athlete that's on one side of the boat, and then the boat's coming at you this way, and the athlete has to cross over. So when, you have, when the athlete's crossing over the wake to do the trick, the boat has to do a high-speed turn to cross over in front of the other boat, basically. And we're doing like a 60-mile-an-hour you know, turn <laughs> going around. Which, it's almost like the other boat's almost T-boning us as they pass by us, basically, to get the shot. Is that nerve-wracking? Uh, no, or you're so used to, used to oh, it. Especially on the, the boat stuff, you know, day 30, basically. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's immune to everything coming into it. How much time do you guys spend on safety, like, as a team? Do you talk about it, like, here's what we have to do, blah, blah, blah? Uh, maybe the first year we shot, we talked a little bit. But now it's been, the crew's been together for so long, it's almost like machine mode. Like, we all know exactly what it is right, that we're going to. Um, obviously, safety is a big concern with it. Um, and keep in mind, these are days that are, like, 20-hour days, too. So everyone's, 20 hours? Why? Yeah, you wake up. You know, five four a.m. You're waking up. Sunrise is about five thirty six o'clock. So you have to get out for that. So you're up at five thirty six o'clock. You're doing your sunrise. You work till eleven. You come back for lunch, which is recharge the gear, plug everything in. You know, get the all the data backed up, basically. Right. So by that time, you have time. yeah, you have one hour of a, like a swag nap, basically. Right. <laughs> then you're back on the water, a like swag nap. Yeah, literally, it's like you just oh, face plant. <laughs> So you basically placement wherever you're at for a good hour, get back up, and then you shoot through sunset, which goes in when you're in the Smokies, goes up till like almost like 8.30 at night or so. So you shoot through then, you get back off the water, plug everything back in, back everything up. 10.30, you're getting dinner. 11.30, you're back at the house. You may or may not have cocktails with the boys until one, and then back up for two hours. <laughs> you may you know, or may not. I think it's okay. called um, reviewing the day, yeah. maybe. Right, 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 you know, right. Just uh, seeing what went, went wrong, what, what we could do better. Um, <laughs> so on a 30-day shoot, what are the deliverables? Like, what do you have to come up with? Oh, we do 16 boats. So you have the studio. So the studio have interior, exterior, details, full boat shots, um, and then obviously on water's lifestyles, action, um, details on the water. So you're averaging around, I'd say, depending on the boat, new release, there'll be like 50 to 60 photos in the new release, including the studio and action. And then on a boat that's been around for a year or two, it'd be like 25 photos. So That's yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, it's and then the studio is obviously like layered on layered photos too. So do you do all your own post production? Yeah, I I traditionally did it the last four years, and this is the first time I brought an in house guy on that I fully trained. So we have a guy on site this year. So now I push a button, give him a memory card, and yeah. they come out pretty afterwards. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's, yeah, it's kind of nice. You push the button, it kind of looks okay on the camera, you know. Comes back totally different background yeah, you're like this is perfect and i didn't do anything <laughs> yeah, that's that's good living man yeah <laughs> what are you shooting everything on what's uh so phase it's mixes between the phase one and the nikon just depends um you know action doing a lot of the sequences are the nikon obviously um what we call the hammer shots the money shots the hero shots all phase one for the larger format advertising basically so. hammer shots yeah I like that. that's, that's a new one I've yeah, that's better than shot. here i'm learning all sorts swag i know yeah swag. so it's like you're, 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 there, you're just like chris click chris has hammer vernacular <laughs> is growing <laughs> <laughs> so the nikon and the phase one you're shooting handheld for most things you're shooting tethered yeah so um on the water a lot of it's handheld obviously yeah, i mean it's Difference between, you know, boat, like on water photography and anything on the ground. On the ground, you can park it on a tripod. 
and then like multiple light it and just Photoshop it all together at the end. With the boats, everything's moving. There's nothing stable in the entire environment. So are you shooting with a gyro? Uh, I do sometimes for the running shots. So if we're doing the running shot and you have like the high speed motion, you want the water motion because you don't want the water frozen. Just the frozen water looks bad. Right. So you want to add motion. So you'll do have like a stabilizer. So use like what is it, the Kenyan Labs, okay. the four by four stabilizer. Nice. But a lot of like that when you're shooting with the action, obviously you're shooting high speed shutter. So that's just shooting normal. Um, How slow of a shutter can you can you use and still get something sharp? I mean, get a nice drag. Phase on the water. one's different than Nikon, obviously for the quality. So and obviously the way bigger camera you're holding. Uh, the Nikon, I can handhold at like 160th, like 1 160th of a second, handheld without the gyro. Okay. And that's generally like your money area. So you see like 1 160th, like, and you're close enough to be at like a 35 mil range or so, mm -hmm. you'll have the perfect motion in it. You can go a little longer and shoot a longer shutter drag, but then it almost gets too blurred out. You know, you want some sharpness to the photo. Basically, at the same time, you're shooting a boat, so you got six people on the boat who are all moving. Hair's moving, hands are moving, so you have to watch for all that too. It's not just the product you're shooting; you got the product with lifestyle inside of it. Well, yeah, yeah it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole different world. <laughs> so, how big is your team? How many people do you work with when you uh, shoot like this? So, on the boat shoot, we almost skeleton crew it for budget reasons. So, we'll have three different crews out there. So, traditionally, you've got the photo side, then you have like the detail side, and then the video side. So, that's three different locations at the same time. So I'll be on the photo side, obviously, kind of doing like the lifestyle shots and the action shots, like the kind of main ad shots. And then we have a secondary photographer that's with a detail guy, and he's shooting like, you know, just natural detail shots at the natural backlit look. And then I have a third photographer that's shooting all the running shots with the video crew because they have a boat out there that has a tower and a catwalk on it, basically, that goes off both sides of the boat by probably, I think, 10 or 15 feet. Wow. So they have like the boat basically and then a tower that comes off to the side that the counterweight. <laughs> I was say, doesn't that make it a little unstable? Yeah. So you have if you have the video guy and the photo guy on the edge shooting, you have to counterweight the exact weight on the other side so the boat doesn't like just tilt basically and tilt right. over. So Wow. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. It sounds yeah it's, it's, it's like it's this is the last time thing. someone got knocked out of the boat. Oh gosh. Um so there, there's a few times the boats could possibly chime lock on the wake, which is when the boat locks into the wake, basically, and then just basically V-lines to the next boat. And I don't think anyone's ever been knocked out with my crew on the boat off of it yet. That you <laughs> want to talk about? I, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen some boats basically, you know, go straight up in the air, and people are supermanning on the towers a few times maybe in my life. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, so your team... Are all of these photographers under you? This is part of your yeah. team? Yes. Okay, yeah, so we have a crew this... of, it's basically two photographers and two assistants. It's not that massive of a crew because you only have so much space in the water with the boats. So on my photo side, on just my crew, I'll have, I'm shooting with two assistants, plus you have the two, you know, three drivers. So we have three boats in the water. You have the hero boat that you're shooting with the athletes in action and everything. And then I have two chase boats basically for the lighting because you're not shooting in the best lighting situation most of the time because it's such a condensed shoot that you're shooting as long as you can all day. So we have to have two boats out there that fill light, and sometimes it's cloudy and gross out, so we have to backlight it all, too, so we can like change the clouds out and make it look like a sunny day. So it's, wow. it's a decent amount of work. That's intense. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> intense. I'm sitting here thinking about that. That's a lot of work. See, I mean, if you like just picture in a car, so you got the car parked, right? And you can just tripod the camera, and you can light, it totally, like, light certain sections of it and piece it together and change the background and... All that, like everything's parked. Now imagine the car sitting there, and the car's rotating and moving, right. and then your tripod's rotating and moving, going up and down, and then your lights are rotating and moving, going all what over kind the place. What are you using out there? So I use Allen Chrome Rangers for everything. So I use, I've used Allen Chrome from 
literally my first ever shoot. So really, <laughs> yeah, I've always had that like lit look basically. And obviously I've toned it down to go with more of the style that's around nowadays. Um, and then I even still have my first Ranger from like 10 years ago, still working. <laughs> that's good. Well-made stuff. Yeah. I have eight of those guys. I think now they keep around <laughs> and they're bouncing around in the back of a boat. Yeah. Oh, I've had those things. I've had the flash heads declamp from the towers fall in the water and they're skipping in the water basically like, and they stop the boat. We pull it back in. We let it dry out overnight. It still works. Wow. I still have the two flash heads that fell in four years ago that still work right now. Wow. That's so awesome. earlier before you uh, came on, you said you traveled 200,000 miles a year. Like, yeah. What was last year like? Where? Give me, oh. the, give me the highlights. Give me the cliff notes. Oh, it's not, it's all, everyone always says Japan. Japan's always an awesome highlight. So I always love going there. So yearly I do the Sakura Bloom out in Japan. We do some action sports there. I may stay a little longer for some like personal reasons over there. Um, Europe's Isn't always that really fun. hard to time? Yeah, it's... It doesn't happen like two days or uh, it's, a week? Yeah, well, each tree lasts a couple of days, basically. But you got to imagine each tree kind of blooms a little bit offset from uh, each other in the area. Okay. Um, yeah, it's definitely hard to plan because the forecast is always like kind of in the area. They have a little forecast thing that works pretty well. That's why you kind of go over it for four weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just, yeah. you just make right. it like th- a three-week trip, yeah, basically. Right. My first trip there actually was the luckiest trip of my life. I flew in and like right at the peak of the Sakura Bloom. Which I mean that, and then we planned it like three months in advance too. I just happened to catch it at the perfect time. Yeah, and it's a story I'm doing this year is chasing Sakura, and we're going to be chasing it around for a while, doing different sports in front of the bloom, and you know, teaching the world what the bloom means to every athlete, yeah. basically. So, I'll what be, are the sports you're doing in front of? Uh, so it's kind of up in the air still. It's definitely going to be wakeboarding is going to be one. It depends on the locations. We have multiple locations. We have a U.S. location, a French location, and then like an Asian location over in Japan. And it's just going to be connecting with the athletes, like what it means to them, because the Sakura is all kind of connected all the way across the world, basically. So it's going to be a lot of flying and a lot of fun trips and, you know, chasing that perfect moment that they're blooming, too. All right. So after Japan, I kind of derailed you. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Where, yes, so. where, where next? Uh, so, so let's see. You know, been to, went to Greece for a few, little while. It's been a little personal time in Greece there. I think they call it uh, marketing while you're on the road. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, to Greece, Asia, Europe, uh, a lot of it's in the U.S., honestly, traveling around because I base in Orlando, and I, I seriously did two shoots last year in all of Orlando, right. my hometown. It's it's just a launching point for you. Yeah, it's an airport. You know, I just hop on the interstate, park the car, drop off the 20,000 bags I have, and uh, hop on a plane. How much equipment do you carry? It depends. Every shoot's different. I mean, I've checked 12 bags, and, you know, I've flown with just my carry-on. It's a bigger shoot is I've got it down to like six bags, basically, like six of the Pelican cases with all the Rangers, the backup stuff, everything you need, carrying on all the cameras that you have to have. And luckily, Ellen Chrome still has the old school um, sealed lead acid battery so you can check everything. Yeah, that's Because good. the lithium ions, you can't check nowadays. So if you check that, you got to carry those little lithium ions on. And right. when you're carrying a phase one system, a Nikon setup, there's no room to carry anything else. You are maxed. So... It sounds like you're shooting all the time. Do you have someone that helps with the the, the business side, the invoicing, the all of that? Yeah. Studio manager ask. Yeah, so I had so the last two years I had my guy Alex that was originally my first assistant that I pretty much he went through college <laughs> all the way through assisting me. Oh cool. Doing all that shit. So he probably got a little bit of a lower grades because of me. He spent <laughs> a lot of time on the road. It's your fault. Probably paid for his college, though. Grades, <laughs> so. grades don't matter. <laughs> but he graduated, and um, he worked. He graduated with a marketing degree. So, I mean, how perfect was it to have an assistant working with a marketing degree? 
Uh, so he went to a like kind of six month uh, job with a law firm in Orlando. And then after that job was over, he just went on board with me basically. And he spent a year with me doing all the marketing. So he was going to all these agency reviews, like searching for everything online, like basically building the marketing I have now, like the entire hit list of people I have. Because the invoicing is easy for me. It takes I, That's all already set up. I've done it for years. It takes me five seconds to type everything in. Right. Um, so he basically was doing the content, like basically the com communications. So he's doing communications and finding like new brands to work with. And he, we basically have a list of, if you can name an industry, I have like a PDF doc or an Excel sheet that's going to have every person in the industry to talk to. So we basically spent a full year doing that. And then he spent the next year just going out and talking and building relationships for me. And then um, now it's I can do everything on my own. Everything's on auto drive, basically, because everything's built up and everything's automated that I have. So it took like two years, basically, to get it going. But now it's up and running, basically. And now I just got to keep everything updated. And I kind of fly. I still a lot of the flying comes to going to agency reviews and going to different areas and meeting with agencies. Just kind of, you know, fly up to Boston and spend like a week up there just meeting people. Some photographers work with a marketing partner like that. They have him on, on salary or on commission or a split. How did you work with him? Uh, with him, so I paid him a yearly rate, basically. Yeah. So it was just like a flat rate for, I think we did six-month contracts, basically, just for paperwork reasons. And then he had a percentage share, too. So any of the new business came in was like his percentage that we did. So he's acting like a rep in many ways. Yeah, he basically was a rep slash like talent management, marketing, studio manager. He was everything because, you know, you can really, if you have a guy that's going to work hard, you can condense a lot of the shops into one guy, especially once you have everything built up. Once you have like all the contacts and everything you need, their job is going to be staying in the communication side once that's built. So we just did a very slow like build into it. You know, he worked with me for four years ahead of time. So he already met a lot of the people. He's been on every shoot with me. He's already met every brand I worked with. So the, the relationship was already there. Yeah, he, and he's part of that relationship. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, he's the guy that could... You know, you go to a trade show, so we call it, you know, the PGA Expo. So you're at the Golf Expo. He could walk in the Golf Expo. He's got some of the business cards and the usual, like, marketing material. But he's a guy that will walk into, you know, Cobra Puma and just sit there and talk to a guy randomly and then eventually get to one of the marketing guys there and just hang out and talk to him. And at the end of the day, they're having cocktails at the bar and just building the relationship. So he was, like, the best icebreaker you could have. So for the brands that you work with and are sponsored by, what advice would you have for the photographers out there that just want nothing other than like to work with companies and like have a sponsor? Yeah. Like, I mean, I call it ambassadorships. <laughs> I guess when you're an athlete, it's more of a sponsorship. You know, they have, it's such a gray area. Sponsorships, ambassadorships, like faces, influences, so many things. Um, for me, I just had that, I guess when I first started reaching out to all the brands I work with now, it was... I had the action sports edgy side. It was before it launched in the industry. And I was like, here's what I'm doing. It was, this is going back to like when Pocket was at first launched Hypersync. Like, wait, I mean, that's what, six years ago now? Seven years ago? Something crazy. Something like that. So that was my first launch. I worked with Pocket Wizard. I was the guy that had this lit look. You know, we had cameras upside down. We were just always trying to cheat it back in the day. Then they came out with Hypersync. And I was luckily one of the first guys to test that. So I was able to get on board with that, which just happened to be with the Mac group, which is a massive, they have a ton of brands. So I was able to help them out with that. And then they got me on board with Enduro Tripods, Coupo Grip. And then um, obviously Ellen Chrome at the time was with a different brand. And I always worked with Ellen Chrome. So I was able to take those brands I already had that I was creating content for and bring it to another brand. Like, here's what I'm doing. You know, it's different than what people are used to because most people create content that's, you know, cut and dry. And I like to create content that's, human base you know it's like what's the 
relationship with you and the athlete while you're shooting something and then how does the gear help you out and that's kind of what i brought to the industry for helping so it sounds out. like you weren't so driven to actually go out and get a sponsor or no. a partner because that's what so many photographers are worried about now you were really worried about building the relationship with the athlete and having that come through the image and it just kind of worked out for you to develop these ambassadorships yeah and it's and that's the biggest thing is like because anyone can get gear and tell you everything that's going to do and the curves of everything, how the flash is going to work with the speed of the strobes and this and that. But for me, it's like creating a connection that a consumer can have with a brand. So it's like a brand's got a new product coming out. Like what kind of connection can you create with that new product that will make a consumer want to have that product? Because no one's going to want to read a 10-page manual. They're going to see like, yeah. you know, you're out there shooting Lolo Jones and it starts raining. Like how are you going to shoot her in the rain and all this stuff? And you got gear that's going to last through it, and it's a new product that's going to help create a sequence and what you did Nobody to make it happen. Nobody reads anymore. Yeah, Nobody it's 500 reads. words max. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's my whole thing now. I write 500 words, and I'll max out at that. <laughs> it's not many. Yeah, 500 straight to the point. It's just, it's, you know, it's a connection. You know, it's just an experience that gets somebody, like, the ability to go read that 500-word page and go, I want to do that. That's cool. And they get motivated to go do that idea, basically. So, and that's kind of what I've been. It's in the relationship and motivation with like the ambassadorships I have. Do you write a lot? Do you put a lot of content out there? Uh, I've always tried to, but I, what I do, because a lot of what I do is I'll reach out to the guys. I'm like, hey, so I got this shoot coming up, got this shoot coming up, let me know if you want to do anything because what I want to do is not just cut and dry. I want to do something cool that we can kind of like, that would live outside of what I call living outside the industry. So if you do something with like a new product coming out and they're advertising to the photo industry, what can you do that's going to help it live outside the industry? Like what brands can you bring in? Like can you do like a shoot that, you know, you can get it out to like Discovery or like some kind of Life magazine or some weird different off the wall thing that, you know, consumers in that industry can be like, oh, this is cool. And they read it. And then, you know, the phase one camera is part of that shoot or something, but it's about shooting something different. So that's kind of like my connection with brands like that I want to do. I want to do like kind of higher level stuff instead of the low level stuff. So I traditionally don't have to write that much, luckily, but I get to, you know, send them a bunch of photos and maybe they use them. <laughs> but this year has been a definite change that we've been doing, I've been doing like four blogs a month, basically. <laughs> so I've been doing about four blogs a month, um, 500 word blogs from Mac Group about you know their products and how they help me out and what's the motivation. So we're shooting you know strobe sequences or something and how their new gear helped out the strobe sequence, yeah. basically. But that's a good amount of content, right? Four blogs a month. Oh, I mean, it's still... 500 words. So simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, true. You're keeping it keeping it pretty simple. So when I shoot a lot. I mean, I, I, I could go back like three years of shooting probably and write for the next five years of the shoot. So. so what's next for you when, you, when you've been working on this? Wow, that was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's so loud, but I can't hear it myself. <laughs> it's amazing. We, j we have a vacuum cleaner going out in the hallway now. So that's, that's what you're hearing in the background. So what, what's next for you now that you've kind of been building this career over the last few years? Where do you see yourself going? Yeah, that's the best question. And a lot of people, um, they want to shoot more photos or work with bigger brands. And for me, um, I've always traditionally had to do production myself. A lot of action sports obviously comes with doing production on your own. Um, so I've been looking and working my way more and more doing like an agency level stuff or production. So it's more the brands I already work with, you work as a photographer, but now it's creating ideas and bringing a full production. And like, So you're looking at actually building a production agency? Yeah, like full, not awesome. even production, more, more on the ad agency side, um, just creating ideas because a lot of times, like ad agencies are great, but uh, some of the agencies I've worked with in the past, it's 
you know, they're not used to what they're shooting the sport wise or like the product they're shooting or like the production that goes around it or what goes into photography. Like they're great. They're putting like the craziest ideas that you get to put together and it's fun, but it's really hard to try to explain to them why sometimes it won't work because of how a camera works. Right, Cause they don't have the understanding of the business. Yeah. They have the great creative ideas. Oh, and that's great. The business. And that's, and that's what's cool is you want to like find somebody who's got this cool ideas and then find people that understand like how the industry works and then put it all together. So that's, kind of what I've been slowly working into and with the big brands I work with already, it's been like that slow step up the ladder basically to get the trust and, you know, so now like I start doing the full creative with people and then, you know, hopefully move on and you can get the full like partnership with the online creative and like the advertising campaigns. So that's where the money is and that's, that's your initial like graduation basically. Does anything go wrong in your life? It seems like everything is just like going so good. Vacuum cleaner good. in the hallway like, got a little loud. But yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> Yeah, I just told him to quiet down out there, and he uh, he stopped, and now he's vacuuming again. He doesn't have the volume control in the vacuum for some yeah, reason. No. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I've had a lot of up and downs. I mean, just I've had hard resets several times, and you know that because of those hard resets, it makes you work hard. You know, it's you have to plan for the slow times and. You know, last year was a perfect example for me is, you know, I went from a year before where I felt like I think I did like 250 plus days of nonstop shooting. And then last year, yeah, it's last year, a lot of clients cut budget. So I lost some of the biggest clients I had last year. And it's basically those 200 days turned into like, I mean, I still shot like 100 plus days, but that's still for me, 100 days felt like I had no work. I still worked a ton, but it makes you realize that you had to keep your advertising, keep your relationships up. I mean, it's. Right before I got here, I was on the computer. I probably sent out like 100 emails today, <laughs> like talking to people right before I show up. And it's because of kind of pushing myself to do that, it, the lows aren't as low as they can be, basically. Um, and you got to stay positive through it, too. Like the positivity is the best part. If you, yeah. if you have something go wrong and you get mad or upset or it puts you down, it's going to affect you all the way around. Between like your work side, your relationship side, the business side, like everything will change if you get upset. If you always stay positive and, you know, obviously it's going to bother you, but you push yourself to not let it bother you, you'll always keep it up on a higher level. I think that's one of the hardest things to do for sure, especially running a business is just always trying to stay positive for sure. Oh, it's, I mean, the business is, I mean, we've all seen the memes out there. Like yeah. It's like running a business. I mean, it's it's a roller coaster. And it's fun, though, it's because I like a challenge. If you, I'm not the person that can get stuck in doing the same thing. Oh, obviously, if my photography, everything's different that I do. You get stuck in to do the same thing. It just feels like a conveyor belt. And that was never my life. I can never be like that. So I like the challenge of, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Right. You know, it's, it gets you to push a little further and push yourself harder, you know, and pushes you in different directions too. And it's fun. I mean, it's... I, I think one of the most important lessons that I had learned in the world of photography was becoming really secure with insecurity. Yeah. Like, oh, know, like knowing that I'm not going to have a paycheck like every two weeks is I got to go out and earn it. And once I actually got really comfortable with that, I had freedom to kind of do what I want. Yeah. You know, it's... I, I could pursue what I needed to pursue for my career. Yeah. That's, I mean, they consider that like the entrepreneur lifestyle and mindset. You have to have that. You've got to really get comfortable with being the most uncomfortable person in the world like <laughs> perfect example my wife is a doctor of pharmacy i mean that's as clear cut as it gets it's right. exactly what you're doing every day like it they know what they're doing there's like basically it's almost she considers it like a conveyor belt she gets bored with it and then she's like i don't know how you live with not knowing what you're going to do tomorrow it's obviously not tomorrow but it's like do you know yeah. what you're doing next year what's Different going on three months now though, you know? yeah it's a hard push you know when 
now she's getting into like the CEO job and running the company and she has like that challenge now where it's something different every day and she's starting to like it. Right. So it's just, I think you need that push. Is she to get on the into... road now too with her job? Uh, no. So that'll, I think it'll start eventually here soon really hard. Like, you guys are never going to see each other Yeah, again. she used to travel with me all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> like we used to do a lot of traveling together. We still do. Um, but yeah, her new company launched off pretty hard. So they'll be traveling a lot too. Wow. <laughs> so... Is that hard for you to maintain the relationship with your wife on the road? Yeah, right? no, when I talk. You're, when you're gone so much? Oh, and the communication nowadays between like all, everything you have, it's like texting, calling, FaceTime, right. everything. It's like you're still right in front of each other. Yeah. it's It does get hard. I'm not going to lie. Like the boat shoot's the biggest example. You know, 30 days nonstop, 20-hour days, you barely talk. And then we have no service on the lake. Like there is no service out there. So you're in the doghouse. No yeah. So it's like, and then no one understands. <laughs> like, is coming up though. Right. There's like one section of the whole lake that has service, and you have to like take the boat out to it. So you just do like a late night booze cruise out to it, you know, and just text. And they're sleeping, obviously. <laughs> so involves booze again. <laughs> this industry will do it to you. We are. <laughs> uh, funny. So. Um, What's next in terms of, I guess, next year? Like, what what are your goals for like one year out? Do you do you have a five year plan? Uh, I do like one year plans basically because it's okay. yeah it's I mean it's one year from like this year like this year because because the job inherently is you don't know what you're doing all year. I mean you know you're gonna get work you know what kind of industry and you know who you're working with. My biggest plan is always kind of planning a year out with you know finding some new brands like bigger different brands and you know, kind of creating content to advertise to those brands. So kind of this year, I'm, I do like kind of what you call pet projects, or they, I think they call them personal projects in photography. <laughs> so you um, create your own content. I consider it marketing. And you, so next year, I, you know, you look at like the tool industry or something, or like industrial stuff. Like I want to start shooting some cool, like, you know, forklifts or something. So you create content that's tailored towards that. And then you advertise that industry because it takes, traditionally it'll take a year for you to get in with a brand and then another year to start working with the brands. So that's how I worked with like a year out with this way I work with a year out, start advertising for that. And then that year comes and then, you know, that you're building a relationship that year. So like, that's like half of what I do. The other half is like building myself up to do more of the ad agency level and more of the advertising and, you know, production stuff and creative. So the lesson is really to be smart and to be patient. You have to kind of forecast, plan, put it out there and wait while you build that relationship to make it come around. And I've definitely like, it's kind of hit me two years ago to start doing like, I consider the marketing thing where you go out and, you know, you shoot different little projects on your own, like, you know, sets of six photos to have for advertising. And then that's your emailer for that month, basically. And I just started doing that like more and more and it started working out. Like definitely takes two years. Yeah. It takes a while. It takes a long time to build a business. It's not an overnight success thing. Yeah. And then, then you start being like me and you shoot this one day and you're shooting that one day, a sea lion person, boat, like who knows? <laughs> roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Roller coaster. That was definitely But that's what's fun. really exciting about the business. You know, not, not having anything that's really mundane. It's not the same day twice. You get, you're challenged by that. Yeah. I mean, and then seeing crazy things like who goes to SeaWorld at six in the morning and gets to like pet Shamu, basically. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's and then going behind the closed doors of things that you don't get to see, and it's it's a wild job. I love it. It's, I mean, the travel's fun. You get to see the world. <laughs> like, Do you have one shoot all time that stands out like hands down the most crazy craziest thing ever? The craziest shoot that hands down. I mean, I always I, I never look at the craziest thing. I look at the most fun shoots I have. And I mean, for me, it's a shoot that was canceled starting last year. They used to do yearly, which was Red Bull Double Pipe. So it happens in April when the mountains are closed in Colorado and we have all of Aspen to ourselves. So we get like a 14-day working vacation (laughs) on the shoot. So we shoot for about two hours a day, which is just a, you know, they build two double pipes side by side. 
And it's the two-hour job each day. And then you have the entire day to yourself in Aspen for oh, snowboard. Aspen's so great. Yeah. Oh, it's, and all the boys are out there, all the snowboarders. I mean, it's a really fun time. Like, that's, like, one of the most fun shoots I always have. So why'd they cancel it? Uh, it was it's an expensive shoot. You're billing. So if you can picture X Games, which just happened, obviously, they have the huge double pipe, the huge courses that's out there. So they take all that snow and they fill in that pipe that's there because a the pipe is generally cut into the mountain. Okay. So they'll fill that pipe in, and then they build two pipes side by side on top of it, and then an entire course. So it's possibly a it's super expensive. Most, I'd say top five most expensive things for Red Bull. <laughs> wow. Wow. But yeah, it was the most fun event I had every year. I think we had the hashtag bring back double pipe going for the year last year <laughs> for a while. <laughs> and it's always, it happens in a month where generally nothing happens. So it's like a 14-day working vacation with the boys, basically. So Red Bull has a whole team of photographers, right? Oh, yeah, there's a whole, I mean, it's besides just the Red Bull photography crew of, I think it's like 50 plus photographers now, they obviously have like the location photographers and like they use different people all the time. And then they've been slowly building that over years, obviously, like well before I was around. They've, they've actually been incredibly supportive of the photographic arts. I mean, they really, they have employed so many photographers over the year, over the years. They're really an incredible company in many ways. Yeah. And they're building the whole new thing now with like the Red Bull photography.com is like the new thing they're building. So that's going to be the photo industry thing. So we have like, you know, you have the four different tiers or three different tiers of teams they have on that website. And that's kind of like advertising us out and also helps the like business units within Red Bull, the fine photographers when they're doing specific jobs. Because traditionally, well, let's rewind it four years when Red Bull Photography wasn't around. You had like a couple of people that are um, kind of the head of photography, basically, or like the photo files, which was photo files back then division. And so if you're a business unit and you're like, oh, we're creating this volleyball shoot on the beach, like who should we use? You know, so you have to like email people and then, you know, they want to find a style they're looking for for the article. Um, so now going back to where we are now, they have a content, like they have redbullphotography.com. They can go on there and you just find the photographer you're looking for that's location driven and style driven and what they shoot and what they have shot. So anyone can upload to redbullphotography.com? Uh, so they have an application process that's on there. So anyone can go on there and there's like apply to be a photographer. I think they open it up like twice a year basically. And oh, that cool. goes to the home office in Salzburg and the boys check it out. And you know, if they like what they see, they email you back and set you up like a location like test shoot and all that kind of fun stuff that's cool so so they vet pretty extensively the photographers i mean they've got a good platform for this yeah it's uh and they, they've been building it over the last two years and i know they've definitely pushed everything together recently to really create like a really solid platform to find photographers within the red bull like you know crew of people um, and obviously it's all action sport it's action sports active lifestyle and like adventure kind of driven basically and then you go on there you can see, you can literally go on there and like pick a photographer click it and you see their latest work for like red bull only basically on there and, I, and then they help us out a lot with um because it's red bull photography they're driven to go to like photo expos and create relationships with brands and then they create that relationship with the brand and they bring us certain deals within like the community too so it helps us like stay updated with technology stay ahead with like the newest like you know creative ideas and newest gear that's coming out it also helps us with like the general like equipment purchasing too. So, I wish you guys could see Chris's face. He's happy all the time. <laughs> this guy loves what he does. Yeah, real happy. I know. Right? It's, it's scary. I know. I'm scared. I like want to grow up and be him. <laughs> sounds awesome. like you do have the coolest job. Yeah, it's fun. Ever. I mean, it's like I said, you get to travel the world, they see the world. I mean, most people, there's a lot of people that never get to leave their hometown, you know, and I get to do what 
essentially, when I grew up, I never thought I would see anything I saw, I've seen so far. I mean, I grew up in a small beach town, and it's like, you know, I'm extremely privileged to be able to do what I, I do now, and especially go to where I go and work with who I work with nowadays. I mean, it's That's cool. It's really fascinating. I'm glad you came by to share your story with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. And, and our audience. Where can people find your work, follow you? Uh, obviously, it's on the website. So it's chrisgarrisonphotography.com. Uh, Instagram's getting redone now. I think I've been on vacation from Instagram for the last like, few months. But everyone knows me as Flash Garrison, so it's at Flash Garrison across all the social boards for me. Obviously, my style came from Flash Photography. So yeah. I think that was a nickname that popped up five years ago that turned into my real name nowadays. And now you can't get rid of it. Yeah, everyone's like, hey, Flash. I'm like, wow. You <laughs> <laughs> used to be Garrison when I played sports, now it's Flash. Nobody knows my real name. <laughs> well, Flash, thanks for coming by. That's <laughs> perfect, <Yeah>. see? <laughs> awesome. And thank you to everyone that's listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, and SoundCloud. And also, you can download this entire season for free at rggedupodcast.com. Chris, thanks again, and best of luck this year. Ah, cool, thank you. Looking forward to following you. (laughs) Cheers. All right, take care. This podcast has been brought to you by Capture One Pro 10, the preferred imaging software of professional photographers due to its versatility and to the outstanding image quality delivered straight from the camera. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Thanks for listening. Now get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. Get off Facebook and get shooting.